everybody. Welcome to Filed. We have a super exciting episode today. But first of all, I am Anthony Woodward, the CEO and one of the founders of Record Point. And with me today is my co-host, Chris Brown. Hey, Chris, how are you? G'day, Anthony. How are you? Good to say hi to everybody. How's things? Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. As I said, we've got a super exciting episode today. You know, here at Filed, we focus on the convergence of data privacy, data security, and data governance. But we have one of our most exciting and a customer we absolutely love working with, City of New York on and representing the city is the uh, Commissioner of Records, Pauline O'Toole. Hi, Pauline. How are you? I'm good, Anthony and Chris. How are you guys? Good, good. It's been an exciting time, I think, of everything that's going on in the world of data. Look, Pauline, it's so great to have you on and there's so many questions I know we all want to ask, but I wanted to start out by really discussing one of the themes that I know we've been working very closely together on around some of the data challenges at at the City of New York and really dealing with those data challenges at what is a very, very large scale. So probably even to start, it'd be great for you to introduce yourself and, and the context of your role and the challenge that you're working on there. Sure. So I'm Pauline Toole. I'm the commissioner of the New York City Department of Records and Information Services. The agency has three functions to operate a municipal library, to manage the municipal archives, which are city government's historical records, and to manage records, contemporaneous records. And that third element of our work it has been the absolutely most challenging in the nine years I've been in this office. And that is because there are no centralized rules for records in New York City. Um, and we've been striving to establish them. And in a large part, that is because for 20 years, and the 20 years that basically coincided when people stopped using selective typewriters, and printing one copy of everything and putting it in a file cabinet in that same period of time when New York City agencies were using word processing and other platforms and Word and whatever to create their documents and save them on servers or on disks or whatever, they were still printing them out and saving hard copy records. And so the application of what are standard rules for managing born digital records have never been put in place or weren't put in place until fairly recently. So that is one big challenge to sort of make things more standard. And the other challenge is that there's no real centralization, which might come as a bit of a surprise to people who think that, you know, government is just one bureaucracy that operates like a spider in the middle, sending out all the rules when, but that's not how it works. So we do have one centralized technology agency, but they do not manage all of the records of city. They don't manage all of the technology structure for every city agency. Some city agencies have their own technology structures. There is little uniformity in how these things are set up. So when we, working with Record Point, are trying to set up a series of rules to manage all of this born digital content. The rules aren't the same, right? They makes it more complicated. And a lot of what we've been doing over this first year of our project has been to pivot from one strategy and figure out where that works and then pivot to the next strategy that's gonna work with a different technology structure. 
And it's interesting. And at the end of the day, when we look back several years from now, we will have transformed records management or data management in New York City. But it's a bit of a slog to get from here to the future. Oh, great. And I imagine it's an exciting journey, though, that you're all in there and quite different to a lot of what, you know, sorry, quite similar, I should say, to what a lot of organizations are dealing with. I'd be super interested to understand how you came to be into the commissioner role. Like, what did you set out to have a career in records? Is that something that just was thrown upon you? Is it, I think even Chris and I, we kind of discovered it, even though it's been the bulk of our careers. How did you end up there, Pauline? I was appointed to this role by the former mayor after spending 20 some years in city and state government creating programs that worked, that weren't about records. And I really didn't think too much about records except those that I accessed to do reports or historical research. So I was interested in this agency, not because of the records piece, which has become one of the most important pieces, but because of the historical records in the municipal archives. And I realized that in that same 20-year period that I was describing where records weren't managed in the city, the city didn't invest in preserving its historical documents either. And so there was a lot of catch-up to do to sort of kind of clean that up and make content more available to the general public online. And what archivists do, as I think you probably know, is they categorize things. They're typically not researchers. And when we've been able to build up a cadre of archivists and here at the same time, we're building up the records management piece and they coincide, they go together. And which is why the agency has the records management piece, because those records, those data, those images, whatever that have historical value will end up in the municipal archives. And so it should be seamless and we're making it seamless. So that's why I wanted to make that work and I was appointed and then I learned about records management and I thought this is pretty daunting. Why can't we just change things? And, you know, nine years later, we are changing things, but it's been a slog. And I will say one inspiration was learning fairly early on in my tenure that President Obama issued a national order to all of the federal government that they had to get their act together and manage digital records way back. No, that's a great answer. That's fantastic. I know the the program you're running has some pretty senior sponsorship in the city. I don't know, we talked about that in the past. Are you able to to detail kind of even the level that of, you know, the mayor's office and other people being involved in trying to push that down? And particularly thinking about what you're saying about Obama, you know, I think records really need that leadership involved. I know that's happening in the city. Sure. So let's say in 2016, Mayor de Blasio issued an executive order that set up a structure that required every agency to have a senior level executive to oversee records management. And that person had to directly report to the agency head. So that's really important by it elevated records within the agency. And then Mayor Adams appointed a chief efficiency officer to look at what government does and what it could do better, the services it could provide. And each agency was asked to propose certain services. We proposed, of course, managing records for all city agencies and set some goals. They were embraced and we were 
one of a few agencies that was actually able to sort of begin that whole push toward efficiency, in our instance, managing records. So we will have in this fiscal year, which ends in June, 34 different agencies involved in uh, various stages of using the record point uh, platform to manage their born digital records. And that required buy-in by the agency leader at each place, as well as the allocation of staff time to begin doing this. And then some agencies will be 100% in by the end of the fiscal year. Others will still be sort of in the beginning stages, but there's been a, a very strong embrace across the leadership of the city, which is really wonderful. Yeah, it's super interesting to hear you know, that mandate from Barack Obama, I think, was an inspiration for a bunch of different organizations we certainly work with. I know that your program in the city has some significant buy-in from the leadership there. Are you able to detail you know, at what level the, you know, the mandate comes from and, and how that's being driven? Because that obviously really impacts these programs. We have, we're one of those agencies that has really important responsibilities and no real enforcement authority. So it really is a lot of carrot and no stick. And one of the features is we are able to fund this implementation at doors across the city. So that is a sweetener for agencies. They don't have to put their own resources into the mix. And, you know, I wasn't alone when I started it, unless you come out of a field that is regulated, like the financial world that requires a lot of strict compliance around records management or the legal world, people don't really know what records management is. So having conversations with my colleague leaders in the city about why this is important and how it's going to help them reduce costs and be more efficient and eventually get their records that are appropriate to the archives as opposed to having them lost in a bunch of, you know, bites somewhere on some <laughs> unnamed server has been, I mean, people understand that and they want to support it and they want to manage things and make government work. So that approach, and I will say at our own agency, which is a tiny little agency, we have the same issue, right? That's writ large in the city, but, you know, we're incubating it here and are tackling the same issues. And so that's really helpful because the work we're doing internally transfers out and we can point to lessons. So that's a lot of carrots. No, that's fantastic. How do you see your role then as rolling out these programs as both the executioner of trying to gather up the material, but also the regulator of those agencies? Is that a difficult role to straddle in that process of that rollout? Yeah, I will say that you know, being involved in the project, Pauline, and having an opportunity to speak with a number of those agencies, and you know, it's really interesting to watch how you're managing that carrot for the organisations. Obviously, you know, it's helpful that from the Office of Efficiency perspective, you're able to bring in that funding. That that's a huge sweetener, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners who'd be like, well, you know. You know, that's a fantastic opportunity to push that into the, the environment, but also those cost savings and things as well that they will eventually um, start to you know, bear fruit was something else I think we heard a lot of. I want to move on very quickly and talk a little bit about the impact that technology is having in New York and certainly globally. AI is you know jumping in everywhere, and and I know, you know I think we've had conversations before, and you 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 downplay. Um, you know, I'm not a techie, but at heart, the implications is the thing that you know I'd love to hear from you. So, 
How's the city embracing AI, especially in your role? I am not a techie. <laughs> I, I really like I, I am a Luddite, to be honest with you. And uh, left to my own devices, I'd be one of those paper people. And I kind of am. But AI is really important and it, it permeates so much Then people don't even pay attention to, you know, sort of how they get directions to go someplace. It's all through AI, right? And in, in the city, in my role, artificial intelligence will enable us to more quickly and accurately roll out the records and or data management program because we're, you, you guys all are, are developed it, right? It's will allow us to categorize records that are the same. So rather than starting again, every single agency to start from scratch, we can take the rules for identifying what is a receipt or what is a personnel record and apply those so that the second agency just rolls it out without having to sort of, you know, repeat the building the wheel. So that's really critical, I think, to sort of have the sort of the knowledge that compounds yeah, look, I think it's really, really interesting, especially in this record space. You know, you've mentioned that the the Office of Efficiency is very much trying to get more for less. At the end of the day, like government's trying to improve its its processes and services, and having and the opportunity to have you know walked the Hall of Records with you and have a look at some of that paper and and even looking at the pieces that are being preserved. It's a huge program of work that you know obviously is going to pay dividends many many years into the future and it's a scale problem ultimately though right like you know there are so many documents and so many records being generated by these agencies i guess that flows on to then a question around sort of privacy so again as an agency that's you're handling lots of public and private information what are the data concerns that yourself or in new york city have as it relates to private data Right. The private data in in records is governed in New York or access to that private data is governed by the state's freedom of information law. It establishes several categories of information that do not need to be made publicly available. And some of it is things you would be you would expect, such as, you know, a person's date of birth and address and items that have to do with secure police operations and security. But other data all is supposed to be made publicly available upon request. Um, And to that end, the city has a public data portal that has data sets about almost everything. And this is actually where AI could have a really interesting intersection to sort of pull the content from what otherwise would be divorced pieces of information and put it together in a way that helps to better inform local residents about different kinds of opportunities or services. And I think down, so that's the privacy that historical records don't have the same issues with privacy. So we have a online 13 million, I think, uh, vital records of birth, death and marriage records that obviously show the date of birth or death or marriage and the people's names and their addresses, but they're of a historical nature. And so those aren't governed by the same privacy rules. But that's also where I think AI could have an interesting effect in accumulating content from these digital images 
and using it in a way to better tell a historical story about who these people were who were getting married or were dying at a particular time. Sort of by reading the content, right, and then dumping it into a dumping a term, putting it into a spreadsheet and helping analyze it to tell the story. That is, I think, something that will happen in the not too distant future. And that will be really exciting. Yeah, that's very, very cool. And yeah, again, having seen a lot of that stuff, it's a great opportunity for AI, but also a great opportunity for the residents of New York. They're, yeah. you know, they're going to get that value. But it, it's the critical element to this is ensuring that the next generation of records are there and waiting to come across. Right. And they're not going to be vellum, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be bytes. Yep. And how do you preserve the bytes? And yeah. And they're going to be read differently and used differently. And we need to preserve them so people can do that in the future and then get rid of the stuff that has no historical value and is just sort of costing money sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And and that's the other side, right? Like in doing good management, yes, you're now preserving the history, but it's also there's that efficiency element. And yeah, we're, I'm very excited about seeing um, you know some of those outcomes as, as we progress to the project as well. And what do you see as the the program's rolling out and, and there's a bunch of different processes happening at the city? Where do you see the future of these things going? Because I think it's really interesting to talk about the vellum to bytes, but I think, you know, when a lot of people still think about records today, they think of a Word document or a spreadsheet. But I think we all know sitting on this call that, you know, even today, but you know, a few years from now, even those won't exist in the form that we see them today. So how do you see that transitioning when... What's actually happening is people are creating things from a lot of composite data to then create a new thing that needs to be stored as a record. Are you starting to think about that challenge and how that comes together? I think about it to the extent I'm thinking about the future state, right? Something, it's, we're not going to be, I'm not going to be managing that, but I do think that is where we're going. And I think part of the sort of concept of records is generational and those like the younger people who are used to everything being digital, right? They don't expect to go and uh, print out something. They want to just share it all online or on their cells. Or And so I think their concept of what is a record is going to be really in sync with the kinds of records that we are creating and preserving appropriately today and they will take this to the next level. And we just need to make sure that the foundation is there, is what I think. And I I know, I mean, there's a lot of issues around how certain kinds of electronic data is created, like the data mining, and and it uses a ton of resources, right? It's not really good for the environment, so it's probably not a path we should be pursuing. But what are we gonna do, and how are we gonna do it? It's it's a really interesting question, and we'll buy, collaborating and getting our past content appropriately managed and available, people will be able to use that in the future. Pauline, let me let me ask you a, probably a, a bit of a question more about the program and, and how it came to be, but what advice would you give to your peers, either be they city records commissioners, be they information or data managers in other larger organizations, you've managed to create, even from my own career, a 
something that I've seen very, very few times in that there is this real huge buy and a good understanding. There's value attached to it. What's the advice for those peers who are listening going, you know, how did this come to be? And I know you said it took nine years and you know, maybe you can cut through or help some of them cut through that that nine years. But what's the piece of advice you could provide to the listeners in that sense? You have to build allies, right, within your institution or within your government, depending One of those allies needs to be your financial division. They need to understand why managing records is good for the bottom line. And then you have to be really patient because there's a lot of pieces to move along. And it's not just one thing that then everything is good. You have to sort of be able to see all the little pieces and try and put them together in a way that keeps making progress, slow progress, but progress. So if in the first year, You get one person at the budget office who thinks, yeah, we better look at this and figure out how it's going to be helpful. And then the next year you have a manager and then you keep building. Then you end up with something that's workable. Very few things in my experience, very few governmental programs, and I think this is true about large initiatives in general, it's not really possible to achieve them overnight. You really need to have a long view and be adaptable. So if you think you have one solution and it's perfect and you're not willing to look to the side and see what else could work, then you'll get trapped in something that's likely to be outmoded. So in this particular project, we were pursuing a different solution until all of city government moved to MS365 and we all went home during COVID. And then figuring out how to manage records with this new environment, these new features, totally changed our strategy. Um, So there needs to be some amount of flexibility in implementation because new things do happen and you need to figure out how to put them together. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that nobody's plan had a big pandemic in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see the one of the problems that we encounter as people do record programs that, that are running through is also knowing where the boundaries of that are. So it's one thing to start collecting and and back cataloging and going through the process of working with the agencies, but it's another to, you know, ultimately one of the points of record keeping is to capture the business transaction. And the best place to do that is, you know, very much inside that transaction. Where do you see the edge of your program, you know, as you go further, is it to get more embedded into the workflow of the agencies or to be a little bit further behind that? Well, I see records management as a series of concepts or rules that needs to be embedded throughout every governmental institution. Not everyone is going to embed those rules in the same way. And there can be flexibility around that. There should be flexibility around that because you need to meet the producer of the transaction where they are, right? Because they shouldn't have to change the way they do business in order to manage the records. That should be seamlessly a part of the process. So I think I see it being built in. And our agency offers the framework for that, right? These are the general rules and you need to apply them. And if you do it that way and you're successful, that's terrific. But if you want to do it this way, this is might be even better because then you'll have peers across institutions. But yeah, that's our approach. 
No, that makes sense. No, absolutely. What do you see as the evolution then of that? Is there a stage two or a stage three beyond the current approach? Or do you think once we've got that, and that's such a big pie to eat anyway, that that's really the goal? It has to be evolutionary, right? As the number of connectors changes, right? As different kinds of content is being created and, and managed. So who knew we would be doing teams, right? Who mm -hmm. knew all of that would be sort of a record that then had to be managed and either discarded appropriately or retained appropriately, you know? And so there will constantly be an evolution as, as different formats are used to create records, to your point earlier. And I, I just think it, the big thing is having people retain this belief that records management is important and that at every city agency, they need to make sure that their strategy conforms to the best rules of the road and is working. Oh, fantastic. And I suppose just to summarize all the conversation here, you know, what feedback would you have for us as vendors in the industry? And, you know, what are the things you'd like us to be doing better to help you and your peers out there? I don't know that I can really answer that so well, except that I've recently been receiving these newsletters that have information about records management and data science that are really interesting. And I think more of that is helpful because for someone like me, not a records manager or a technologist, it makes me think about things differently. They're easy to understand, so you don't have to be an expert. Um, and I think that that's great and more of that is good. And maybe more peer-to-peer -peer sharing is a way of communicating. I think there's a history museum or archival institution in England that's using the same technology and might be good for our team and their team to have a conversation uh, and see what we're doing differently, what we might have in common, what lessons can we learn? I mean, it's, it really is all about sharing information. And the more you know, the easier it is to figure out where to go. No, fantastic. No, thanks for the feedback. I think the newsletter you're referring to is the filed newsletter that we sent around. Is that that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. just want to get the plug in there. <laughs> so I'm interested, I suppose, just to elaborate on that point, what other sources do you tap on to get information around your data management and those things? I mean, are you, are you an avid reader of a particular blog? Is there a particular podcast you also listen to that you'd like to plug in here? No, I'm afraid I'm not. We have a history blog based on the city government's archives that I, I like, and I sometimes write for that. But otherwise, I just pop in a question and see what comes out and look at different kinds of responses. And sometimes they're more technical, and sometimes they're really simple, and I try to weave between them. But I don't, there's no particular institution that I follow. Look, I really appreciate your time, Pauline, and it's been a fantastic conversation. We're very humbled and honored to have the opportunity to be working with New York. I know how much our team very much enjoying working with your team, and it's a fantastic project. So thank you for coming on the podcast today, and, and thank you for the opportunity to work with you. I don't know, Chris, is there anything else you want to add? No, as I said, I, I still am gloating. Uh, Anthony hasn't had the chance to have a good look around yet, but I'm still gloating at the opportunity to wander around in the Hall of Records. And <laughs> I was very much geeking out in there. There's some very, very cool stuff. But even in the, the building itself, some of the maps and other things that are up on the walls, it's 
If you're a New York resident and you have the opportunity, I would absolutely recommend to get in and, and have a better look because there's an awful lot of history in there. Thank you, Fred. Isn't that the lobby for New York uh, for Law and Order? Don't, we, don't most people have yes. already seen that? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They shoot it here. It's kind of fun. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you very much for having me. And I will echo what you said. Where our small team really enjoys working with the record point folks who are really great problem solvers. And we've not hit a brick wall yet. So that's great. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you for the time. And this has been filed. I'm Anthony Woodwards. Please follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, and obviously here uh, for your, your check in here for the next podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in.